It was a football story that shook the world. Argentinian legend Claudio Canigia signing for Dundee. Now to celebrate the 20th anniversary of his stunning arrival, the Couriers produced a special feature-length video documentary hailing his time in dark blue. Obviously expecting him to be good, but he was just better than that. He was just away in front of everybody else. Former chairman Peter Maher reveals the incredible story behind the transfer sensation, while heroes including Lee Wilkie, Barry Smith and Stevie Milne reveal the man behind the myth. And we speak to the fans who will never forget the day the great man arrived at Dens or the day he scored on his debut at Aberdeen. Kanija, 20 years on, is available to Courier subscribers from the 8th of October. If you aren't a subscriber already, as a Courier Talking Football listener, you can get three months for £3. New customers only head to thecourier.co.uk slash 3 for 3 for more information. This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Ian Roach and Jim Spence. I just, I was, I was feeling Ian. I always say Jim Spence and Ian Roach, so I think it's, it's, it's really should be giving you your place a bit more often. So. I feel, I feel privileged. Uh, there, there we go. Even, but I'm going to start. I'm going to start by asking Jim a question first, though, if you don't mind, because <laughs> he was, he was the man, he was the man of McDermott. Jim, your first. Your first live game of football, I believe, is that right? I, 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 it was, Eric, and I tell you what, what a strange experience. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to it later on because I think Ian and I share the same view on this. But I mean, a bizarre, bizarre experience just to be sitting there with, you know, just boards of directors and obviously the staff and maybe 20, 20 odd journalists uh, in the stand, no fans. I found it a kind of really strange, surreal experience. And to be honest with you, it's, I mean, I've, you know, I've just had uh, watching things on club TV and, uh, you know, Sky and, and BT and everybody else. Um, and it was just, it's not the same. I have to say, it is not a, an overly enjoyable enjoyable experience so the quicker the fans are better and um, sorry the quicker the fans are back the better although suppose you could make a case for Friday and slip there Jim the, uh, you, you, you could you could make a case for keeping them out given that they uh, neither the journalists nor the, the, the players get as much thick as usual but no I mean it's just a, I found it a strange kind of experience it's not football as we know it it's football but not as we know it Jim as uh, somebody would say did they forget to roll the red carpet out for you McDermott because you, you're, no, you're used I, to your I, tea and biscuits aren't you before the game and all that sort of stuff I was treated very well I have to say although there was one one worrying moment uh, uh, and I think Sean Hamilton had the same when they, they took the temperature on the way in and uh, it uh, it sounded apparently quite high. But then um, they forced me to push my hair up. I think it was the heat of my hair um, that was forcing my temperature up. So I was actually, I was fine. I got in uh, and had it checked on the way just out. The just excitement, the excitement of the game as well, John. Oh, I was, yeah, obviously. Uh, and, 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 and you were tweeting about your conversation with, with Brown Senior. How's, how's he? How's he? How's he keeping? How's Jeff? He's very well. Um, uh, he was telling me he's only got one horse in uh, uh, in training at the moment. You know, uh, because we, we know, of course, that Jimmy Fife, the director at Tannadice, Jimmy's a big horseman. Jimmy had a horse going that day. Indeed. Um, and I was asking Jeff how his were doing because I mean, the last time, I mean, I used to drop in to see. You know, when I was working on staff with BBC, if I'd be heading McDermott, I would usually drop into Jeff's place in St Mary's for a blether, and it was usually. 10 minutes in the football um, but that came after 10 minutes on the on the horses and 10 minutes on his golf you know but um, he, he is a, of course a great horseman but he's great he's, he's looking fine he's keeping well you know and um, I'm sure he'd have been I think he'd have been reasonably pleased with what he saw on Saturday because St Johnson were the better team by a long long way yeah that was your so that's your that was your big takeaway from it was it Jim I think so I mean <clears throat> 
I'm try, I'll try. I'll try the positives first, um, Eric. Uh, the, the positive for United was he kept another clean sheet, so that's a good thing. And which isn't to be. Let's face it, you can't be blasé about these things. There was a no, team, no, you know, no, they were they were uh, getting caned for the goals they were conceding. So yeah, carry on. No, I mean, I mean, you're right. They were getting caned, uh, um, and uh, defensively, they'd made some real, real kind of horror show um, efforts to clear the lines and all the rest of it, but. Um, and Seagrass, they have a quality keeper. There's no doubt about that. They've got a keeper who's probably worth money, who they, mm-hmm. you know eventually will attract a, a decent amount of money. Um, in, in terms of you know the, the defence, in terms of central defence, uh, they did what they had to do. They kept they, they repelled all borders, so to speak. It wasn't particularly pretty, um, but they did their job. You know, and 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 that's what they're there to do. Uh, what I would say is this, you know, while they did their job defensively, uh, the midfield was was practically non-existent. Um, and the really worrying thing is, I don't see, we've talked, I mean, I've written about this in my courier column and the rest, of, I don't see where the creativity is coming from to feed. And, and, and on Saturday, they played, strictly speaking, they played three. I mean, I know they played Shankland up front and McNulty and Clark just often, but I mean, effectively, it was a 3-4-3, three, three, I thought, you know. Um, and, and Clark, McNulty and Shankland, other than an opening 10 to 12 minute spell, um, were almost invisible because they just did not get a ball. They got absolutely no service whatsoever. And, and without hogging it, I'll finish on this and let the guys in. Um, I, I, I thought that Shanklin looked at times a completely dispirited player who would rather be elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, well, well, we'll certainly come back to that. Don't worry about that, Jim. But I mean, Ian, just while we're talking about, I mean, we, we can. I think we can. It's. It's. I'm quite glad we can move on from the defence because, like Jim said, you know they've they've got a couple of clean sheets, and you know there's there's bigger teams than than Dundee United have kind of go back to basics, if you want. I mean, I watched Man U Chelsea, and that was a that was a game to make the eyes bleed, but it was clearly it was clearly as a result of uh, Frank Lampard deciding, you know, he wanted to go back to sorting out sorting out his backline, take a clean sheet, and that would he would be quite happy with it, and then they can they can move on from there. So you know that's it's. That's maybe the, the Mickey Mellon mindset as well at the moment. But midfield-wise, am I right in saying that's the first time we've seen the, the stars and stripes central midfield? Hearts from power. Yeah, well, I think there's been a lot of what United fans have been asking for uh, powers to, to get a chance. Uh, and I think I think he de- he's deserved it. He's an experienced player. But uh, I, think, I think, as usual on this podcast, I'll be the bright, uh, positive uh, ray of sunshine <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> United. Look, uh, just like in real be, life, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. We could be speaking. Of, uh, we could be doing the last week's podcast this week. Uh, it's kind of the same stuff, but uh, yeah. I mean, a, a draw at McDermott Park against a team that just scored what twelve goals in two games. There has to be something to take out of that. The uh, <laughs> going forward, they had all the uh, ammunition, but couldn't fire the gun and. As as you know, Eric, we've been uh, looking at the the stats uh, pretty in depth in uh, in, a, in our office or virtual office, and um, you know they they don't make for good reading for United. Yeah, they're grim. They're grim, aren't they? They really are. I mean, it's not just usually you come out of a game and say what was the possession, who had who had most of the ball, but we we get the shots on target with the heat the heat maps etc. And it tells you a lot of stuff, and uh, it, uh, it it's it's. It's looking bad. The, what, what Mickey Mellon's obviously doing with Mellon's in there is, uh, sorry, we're bringing in uh, Powers, is 
looking for someone there that could find the pass. But it, it's not working, is it? And as Jim rightly says, I don't think it'll just be Shanklin. <laughs> we'll, we'll be looking at McNulty's uh, kind of getting fed up as well. And uh, it's just, they've got to sort it out. It really is. But again, we were speaking, we were saying the same things the, the other week. But two two good points. Two good points. Home to a good Aberdeen team and away at a venue that they've struggled uh, pretty regularly in the past. Oh, agreed. Mm. I don't think I don't think you can argue with that whatsoever. You know, I think I think Mickey Mellon and you know United, you know, sort of realistic United fans would say that they were two good results as well. It's kind of it's kind of how they got them, but it's. Listen, I think I think Jim until until he get I mean a lot of pressure on this boy Jondo Aye. Fuchs to, to come in and solve this because I mean let's face it Powers and Harks they're they're grafters aren't they mm. they're not there's not there's not any subtlety about them really is there is there I mean we're, we're past the point in thinking they can solve a creative problem for Dundee United aren't we surely yeah I mean you, 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 what United need at the moment is they need um, they need a midfielder who can paint something on a blank canvas and that blank canvas is the canvas of creativity or in United's case non-creativity um, you're right it's, it's pretty obvious that you know that uh, neither Harks <clears throat> nor Power are going to do that I mean they, they do what they do you know I mean Har- Har- I like. I mean, I quite like Harks in terms of certain aspects of his game there's a lot of energy there's a lot of kind of a lot of running in his game and all the rest of it but the, but the problem is it's kind of like you know wingers that can beat two and three men they actually don't go anywhere with the ball unless there's a, a final quality cross now the, the problem for Harks is as a midfielder he's not getting shots on target he's not supplying creative passes and um, Powers doesn't look to be that type of player. I've seen lesser powers than I have of Harks, but neither of the two of them are the kind of individuals that are going to thread, you know, the 25-yard pass through for, for any of the strikers to latch on to in, in, in the final third, as we uh, as we like to call it. You know? we're, not, we're not looking for... It's not as if we're looking for the unrealistic here, is it, Jim? Because, I mean, we'll come on to Saints later, but you're comparing them against guys like David Wotherspoon, Craig Conway, Craig Bryson, you know, so we're not comparing them to... To Rangers' finest, or you know, boys playing in the Emmings Premier League, you know these, and these are guys that I would imagine the contrast was was quite stark. Was it on Saturday? Oh, I mean, it was very stark. I mean, it was having a, you know, it was having a blather at half time with. Um, I mean, one of the great things about being back at a live game again is you get the chance to catch up with with people, and there are you know, there obviously there are scouts entitled to go to games as well because they're yeah. you know they they're they're part of the football uh, football business. And I was having a blather with Jimmy uh, Jimmy Nickel, um, and. You know, let's be blunt. What Jimmy doesn't know about the game, you could write on the back of your, your, you know, your thumbnail. He's played at the very highest levels and and, and managed and all the rest of it. You know, we're talking about you know the the the, the, the various uh, elements of the size. Now, I mean, to be honest with you, I think you know I, I, I suggested McCollum on on Friday. Saints are getting great value at a Wotherspoon, at a Conway, um, Davidson when he makes when he makes the runs. But Bryson was very tidy. I like Tanzer, um, but. You know, Stevie May, I thought, wasn't quite at his, his best on... In fact, he's probably a, bit, a fair bit short of his best and came off. Wotherspoon has impressed me more every time I see him. Conway, I'm a fan, you know that. I'm, sometimes I go over the top with him. I thought he was terrific on, on Saturday. So Saints had threat... I have to say, they kind of overloaded a wee bit on the right-hand side. The bulk of the bulk of possession was coming down the right-hand side. And, but at least you're getting some possession down the right-hand side. You're not, you're... That must have been deliberate, Jim, because I've... Yeah. It start the season started out that way with McNamara mm. seeing a, a lot more of the ball than uh, than Tanzer, but it yeah. certainly evened itself out. And if anything, it was going the other way with uh, with Tanzer and Wotherspoon seeing more Wotherspoon, than, that's right. than than McNamara and and Comet. So that I think clearly Callum Davidson's identified the left side of Dundee United as the as the side to 
to overload. Yeah, well, they they did, and I mean, you know, I'm I, I'm uh, <clears throat> I, I, I like the old Joan Armitrading uh, line, Eric. I'm not in love, but I'm open to. Pers- <laughs> I'm not in love, but I'm open to persuasion. I don't take this the wrong way. Um, well done, I, I'm John. Like that with Brilliant. Statistics. <laughs> love these things. <laughs> statistics. There's your tune. There's your tune to play out the play out the podcast. Oh, we don't do that. Do we? So, I mean, stats stats prove quite a lot, but sometimes they don't prove much either because you know the truth of the matter is. Was that, um, was that an armor trading song as well? I, I know, that, 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 that wasn't. <laughs> the B side. I mean, you know, the, the, the stats quite simply show that St. Johnson kind of passed United off the park. I mean, you know, their, their accuracy was kind of um, 74% to United's 6 out of 10, you know, six, 60%. Um, uh, they, they outpassed them in terms of numbers, in terms of possession, shots on target, 3 to 0, 3 to 0. Um, 14 shots total. United had had three in total. I think two skied over the bar. But but the bottom line was, at the end of the day, neither net was rattled, neither net was troubled. So mm-hmm. you know it was a point of peace for for both sides. And I, th- I think it was a better point for United. Uh, you know, I, I, when I you know when I said the positives, the positives were that they kept uh, they kept um, you know a clean sheet, and that, that, that's a good thing. Uh, in terms of league, you cannot complain about the league position. They're doing very well um, league wise, given the fact they've, they've just come up. You know, they're sitting there on thirteen points, so they're still couple of points ahead of Saints with the same games played. What you're trying to measure is, you know, what does the rest of the season hold? Given that we, we now know the squads assembled everywhere are, are pretty much the squads that everyone will have, unless you get a, you know, a late addition who's a, you know, a, a free a free agent or something like that. And that, that that's unusual um, and it's unlikely to kind of boost anybody's squad, I think. So so at the moment, United are doing okay. The problem for Dundee United is quite a simple one. Um, the, the problem is that there's a generation of fans who have seen great Dundee United sides. That's a that's a problem for every side. It's a bit like, you know, I'm watching some Celtic fans moaning at the moment about, you know, um, how dire they are to watch. And you think both sets, both sets of Celtic and Rangers fans want to try being fans of, no, you know, non-old firm clubs. No, a lot of Celtic boys don't like that term, old firm, but... Um, it was in vogue for a century. So, you know, the truth of the matter is a lot of Celtic boys complaining about what they're saying. Most fans would give would give their eye teeth to get a half of what the likes of Celtic or Rangers have had uh, over the years. But it is a problem for United because there is a generation who have seen great, truly great players. And now you're not. And and I know it's all very well saying, you know, well, we're just up, we're just up where we've come from, the championship and all the rest of it. But I said this on social media the other day, Eric, you know, I still don't think that people have fully grasped what Bosman did to football. The notion of building teams, I just don't wear that notion anymore of building teams because you've no sooner started to build a team than somebody's going out the door. One of your key men are going out the door or transfer. Now, that always happened. But at one time, you could build a team for three, four years on long contracts and all the rest of that's gone. So this notion that you build a, a team, your team's got to be oven ready and your new signings have got to be like, you know, chips, oven ready, ready to go. Um, so... You know, I look ahead to the rest of the season. Do I see United troubling Rangers and Celtic? Obviously not. Do I see them troubling Hibs and Aberdeen? Obviously not. Um, Kilmarnock and Motherwell, um, you know, uh, start to come on to uh, things as well. So, and St. Johnston, uh, it looks to me like United will do well to end up maybe eighth or ninth. Well, Ian, oven ready chips. Jean Do Fuchs, there's a, bit of, there's a bit of pressure on him to be good to go isn't there I mean the, the chat is that he's shown up well in training and that he, he could be involved at the weekend it's he's there's a lot riding on that young man's shoulders isn't there in terms of creativity of that Dundee United side yeah there is and uh, it's maybe a bit unfair on the guy you know think of what he's gone through he's had to come to a, a different country and uh you know he's been self-isolating as well as a few a few a few uh, players have been but 
I think I think he'll 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 probably be on the bench a Ross County game and then get a chance and come on, I think. That's how that's how I would predict that Mickey Mellon will do it. Bring him in as a substitute and uh see how we give him a bit of game time and see how he does. They would obviously like him to be on there playing at a high level right from the first minute. Um, but he has, a, he has played for Cameroon, you know, let's, let's, yeah, let's yeah. be positive here. And also, Jim stole my line there, but it wasn't the Joan Armatarian line. It was that United are, <laughs> United are higher, up, higher than Saints in the table. So we're, while we're rightly criticising them for how they're playing, you know, we have to also take into consideration, which I think we we'll all do, that they're in a position in the table that's that's fine. It's just fine for them just now. They've got to kick on. And listen, a home game against a Ross County side that is that is struggling as well. I mean, you know, they're, they're really poor. struggling. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're a poor. They're a poor team. Probably one of those you'd expect to be down really at the bottom. Yeah, uh, they've got a chance there. But goodness me, what would you give to watch a United side that's expansive and? firing in crosses for Shanklin and McNulty on Saturday. It really would be wonderful to see it. And fingers crossed that we get that. Jim, the boy Fuchs, they can't afford they can't afford a Adrian Sporrell type situation, can they? When you know it's not you know you bed him in for six months and then you know he he he's ready for next season type thing. It's just it's it's that's the harsh realities, isn't it? obviously it'll get time to get acclimatised to the pace of the Scottish game all the rest of it mm-hmm. but you'll want to see you want to see the real player within two or three weeks of him breaking into the team won't you? Well he's got to be good to go Eric as I said I mean because you know the, the, the midfield is the you know I'm trying not to be critical I'm not, I'm, in many respects I'm, I'm not being critical they are what they are they're a hard working hard grafting side I don't think anyone's given less than absolutely the maximum I'm not criticising that you know the central defence has has come under the cost but the truth of the matter is it'd be the same as Celtic and Rangers players if they were you know, several notches above where they are just now. They'd be playing top level in England or somewhere else. So, you know, so they are where they are. And the midfield is what it is. Now, the midfield, as we've said, is not particularly creative. Therefore, they're now looking to their final ace in the pack, if he is the ace in the pack, and that's Jean Fuchs. Now, we, we wait to see what he brings in terms of kind of, you know, um, fitness. It's, it's a long season. You know, the season's only kind of, it's not yet um, a, a quarter way through. Um, so you wait to see whether he's the man that can unlock... The you know the door in terms of creativity and all the rest, and then you know and whether and and doing that and coming to side that it also frees maybe Bolton and Robson up. Bolton's kind of gone off the wee boil uh, off the boil a wee bit as well. Uh, Robson kind of getting down the flanks, getting balls in because you know a midfielder that can suddenly spark creativity can open up other areas of the team as well, and he can encourage other other people. But um. I don't know, and none of us know at this stage how fit he is in terms of actual match sharpness. And the other thing is, bluntly, none of us know how he will adapt to the game here. He might be an absolute genius. He might be very average. He might be somewhere in between. So there's quite a lot riding um, on this because that's that's the squad that they now have. He's the, he's the one kind of you know hopeful bright spot on the horizon to give creativity. If that doesn't work out, then United have to come up with a plan B. Jim, you used, I'll stick with you just for the moment, because you used the word dispirited, I think, for uh, for Lon Shankland near the start of the podcast. Are we, do we, do we gloss over, are we kind of giving Shankland a free pass here and and letting him off with it and saying, oh, well, you know, that he's not getting the ammunition, blah, blah, blah. Should, could, could and should he be should he be doing more? I'm not a great believer, Eric, in strikers, out and out strikers, um, foraging back 40, 50 yards for the ball. So in my book, no. I think Shanklin has proven beyond doubt 
give him the ball, he'll score. Mm-hmm. You know, give him possession, and he will get shots on target. He'll test. But the you're talking about his body language, though, Jim. That's that's the worry. Is that and, what you like to see? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, it's not what you like to see because, and I think he's got every. I think you know he's got every right to be a justified complainant. I don't think he's getting nearly enough. Um, well, he's, you know, the, the stats are quite simple. He's not getting enough service. He's not getting enough quality ball. He's not getting a ball either over the top. And strikers of moan, don't they? Let's face it. Strikers moan if they're not seeing the ball. It's ever been thus and always will. Well, absolutely. He's right. I mean, he he is he is the singular talent in the team. He's the man that scores the goals. They don't score uh, many. They don't score um, without him. Um, uh, and unless you give him the ball in the danger areas, you know, as you did in the championship, then he's not going to score goals. Now, we've yet to see <clears throat> what Mark McNulty might bring to proceedings, and it might well be that he adds something, um, you know, once kind of he is up to, and hopefully that'll be quite quickly up to Matt Sharpness, and it may well be that you've got two really decent strikers there to play, you know, in, 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 in that role. But you still have to find a way to give them service. Now, that either means that if you can't find creativity through the midfield, hopefully uh, Fuchs brings that. But if you can't find that, then y- you've really got your other option is to go long, play long diagonal balls in, uh, you know, skipping the, the midfield completely or, or for the midfield just to get it and ping them forward and kind of, you know, a lot of distance between um, the two the, the two front men or the three front men in the midfield. But I, I, I'm not being critical of Shankland at all. He's a particular type of player. I don't, you know, he's not the type of player you'd expect to, be rustling back 40, 50 yards to get the ball. He's a, he, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but he's a, he's, you know, for older for older listeners, he's a Joe Harper or he's a Gert Muller. He's a penalty box predator. That's that's where he does his work. <clears throat> and if you give him the ball where he does his work, he'll do his work. But don't expect him to, you know, to, to be foraging back 40, 50 yards. That's a waste of time. And it's a waste of his time. And it's a waste of United's time as well to ask him to do that. Ian, I mean, that, that front three, I don't know about you, but it just, all good players and all, I mean, particularly we're talking unproven players, particularly Shankland and uh, and McNulty, who we still see the best out of. McNulty, Shankland and Clark, that doesn't feel like a, a blend of talent, you know, a real sort of blend of talents, if you if you see what I mean. Does does it feel that way to you as well? No, they look, they look a bit crowded there. Um They all like central areas for starters, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're kind of semi um, I thought when when McNulty uh, signed, he was talking about being in and out, out and out too, with Shankland. Uh-huh. Um, that was seemed to be what he was told by Mickey Mellon. So uh, I was expecting the first time it might come. Of course, it might it might happen next few weeks or maybe on Saturday. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's like he's still trying to fit people into positions and it doesn't look quite right. What United have in, in, in Shankland in particular is they've got a great asset, but they're just not using it properly. It's, it's very odd. Uh, there must be other teams looking at how United are playing and thinking, why are they not Why are they not getting the ball to, to Shankland? Yeah. Surely that's the, the one thing that United should be planning to do on any given day that they're on the pitch. Is to is to find them with the ball, and uh, the heat map. I mean, we were speaking about the stats. Uh, you know, sorry, Paul. No apologies for going going back on them, but I think the heat map. I looked at uh, the touches as well. Shanklin's furthest for his main area is the halfway line. It's just it's just not good enough. You know, he's got to be. Which was the same the week be, before. Yeah, it's exactly the same the week before. So you think, well, how? Why did they not absolutely try to change it? 
the following week when it, of, of course it was when it was causing them so much trouble the week before I, I can't quite get my head around that playing against a back three as well the Saints where the, the big advantage we're always told is that gap between the centre half and the, the wing back if he's mm-hmm. pushed on you know so that, that that diagonal you were maybe talking about earlier Jim well, that, 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 that's the thing and I think we've touched on this before I mean you know the, the <clears throat> I suppose the benefit of kind of one of the few benefits of age you know apart from the creak and bones is, is remembering the kind of sides that, that you've seen over a long period of time not just at United but in Scottish football and you know I'm a, I'm a great there are many many ways to play football I'm, I'm you know I, I love watching Barcelona uh, ticky tack like uh, everyone else you know but I also love the 60 yard day Diagonal, the knockdown from a big central defender and, and and the volley at the edge of the box. Now, I mean, you know, it's very easy to to remember back to Dundee United raiding and marauding with Ralph Millen and, and Eamon Bannon, uh, you know, up the flank and all the rest of it. But the truth is, very often United, when they had, you know, Davy Dodds um, and there was a striker, very often United played the long, deep ball to Dodgy, you know, to to to, to lay off, you know, to, to, for the knockdown or whatever. I mean, you know, feed the men up front. Feed them up front. I have no doubt that, that Shankland and probably McNulty, and to a lesser extent Clark as well, no doubt that there will be goals in these guys, but they need chances and they need lots of chances. You know, you need to, the more chances you create, the more chance the more chance there is of scoring the goals. I mean, it's an obvious, it's an obvious kind of thing to say, but if, if you don't get the ball up uh, to your front men, then you start to limit yourself to shots from outside the box. And we saw what happened. There were a couple of pings in the early, in the opening 10 to 15 minutes on Saturday, uh, way over the bar and wide. Um, and that was it. You know, the, 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 there was there was nothing other than that. And if Shankland is spending his time foraging back in the halfway line, it's a complete waste of time. Apart from anything else, he is not the paciest player in the world. He's not the kind of, you know, he's not the kind of striker that's going to pick it up and do a Ralph Millen and, and suddenly accelerate, you know, kind of uh, like an Uzi and Bolt. He just doesn't have that kind of pace. So, the, you know, he, he'll be closed down very, very quickly because one of the things that Saints had was they got some speed merchants in the team like McNamara and, <clears throat> and Tanzer and even, Big Davidson, who's got that kind of big, long, elegant gait, you know. So, you know, you've got to figure out how to pay, uh, play uh, people. And and it, for me, the, the, the worrying thing at the moment about United is I don't see any inventiveness, uh, creativity, but I don't see the uh, any sign of the ability that they have to change yeah. to change things. Yeah. Ian, is uh, Benjamin Segrist, is he done United's biggest asset just now above Lawrence Shankland um, well I think for, for putting points on the board yeah uh, if you're talking about a saleable asset I'd still say Shankland but wow I mean he, he's playing out of his skin isn't he I think I think the, it's take your pick what was the best save finest save uh, at the weekend I would go for uh, the Murray Murray Davidson header mm-hmm. Um, just because it was so close to him you know uh, but he's, he's, he's performing brilliantly and uh, United have a oh, he's got, goodness me. He's one of the he's one of the best in the league, isn't he? he really is. Um, who are you looking at? McGregor at Rangers, maybe. Um, there's there's a few few could maybe say, but honestly, the he's he's Sigrist is 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 playing wonderfully well for United, and he's he's he'll be worth lots and lots of points this season if they can keep them until the end of the season, which is looking more and more questionable. I mean, you've, you've got to say, Jim, though, I mean, there's a debate, there is a debate to be had if he if he's, in terms of pounds, shilling and pence, is he their biggest asset now? You know, when you think about where where he could go compared to where Shank can go, I mean, you know, discuss. Well, it's, it's like everything else, Eric. It, it, it depends what someone wants to give you for him and, and whether you're happy with the offer that, that, that comes in for him. I think, I mean, he, he has... 
his rate of development has been absolutely astonishing. And for that, there's got to be a great deal of uh, credit goes both to him and to the United goalkeeping uh, coaching staff. Um, I mean, uh, it's only last season that there were times when he still looked, early part of the season, he still looked quite shaky on a few things. But, you know, his handling, his positional play, his taking of, of, of you know, the, the dead ball. You know, there's always that great line, the goalie should always take the ball at the highest point. When he comes from, he's a big lad anyhow, when he comes from corners for corners or dead balls, he takes them very well. He's very good in the deck for a big guy. His speed of reaction is, as Ian was saying there, the speed of reaction from the Murray Davidson head, header, you know, it's close in, but he's, he's, he gets up. I think he got both hands to, to block it was a terrific save. So he really is, um, he's a very sellable commodity. Uh, the issue, of course, is that goalkeepers don't fetch anything like the money that strikers do, uh, which is which is a daft thing if you think in it, because, you know, um, goalkeepers regularly, um, uh, you know, win, win their team points. Uh, and at the moment, I think Segrist is, is doing that. I mean, he... I was going to say he was fortunate, not so much him on Saturday. I mean, the United defence did well. We've praised them for a clean sheet and all the rest of it. But the truth is, Saints had 14 shots on, uh, with three on target, but they had 14 shots on goal. And there were at least three or four of them that were not that far away in the greater scheme of things, which on another day might well have have, have, have at least tested Segrist or beaten him. And I think that's the key thing when we come back to, you know, our critique of United. United had three shots, but not one on target, where Saints had three on target, um, two of which, as I recall, brought excellent saves from Segrist and 14 that were that were close or, or close-ish. So, you know, those are the stats, I think, that that, that will, will concern uh, Mickey Mellon. But in terms of Segrist, he's got a terrific goalkeeper on his hands. And to be honest, at the moment, is there a better one in Scottish football? I don't think there is. Yeah, no, it's a, a, again, yeah, Ian went through the obvious one, but no, I would agree with you. I think he's probably the best best performing uh, goalkeeper in the, in the top flight at the moment. Absolutely. You confident on uh, against Ross County, Ian? I think I, I think I am. I've, I've yeah, having watched Ross County and seen their sort of way their seasons developed. You, you, you were up in Dingwall as well, weren't you, for the first? I was, yeah, for the first game. Yeah, and I'm not convinced. There's two, there's two teams I've, I've looked at and thought, I can't see how you're sent your team out here. And one was Ross County, and the other, the other was Hamilton. So, I think, I think, the way Mickey Mellon. You know the structure he has to his side. I think that will be that will be key in this one, and I can I can see the goals returning. Yeah, I think I think it'll be similar to the St. Martin game, and uh, United will get more joy uh, in the attacking areas this time. They really have to. I think they will. Uh, yeah, I think County. It's not been unfair to them, but I would put them in the, the group there at the at the foot of the table, along with probably St. Martin and Hamilton. And Hamilton. There's, there's th- three think, of them. They're, they're the three that I, that I think are. Yeah, I mean, I've stated before. I'll be quite happy uh, as far as United are concerned if they're just sitting above that that, that group. Eighth or you ninth, know, yeah. absolutely. But I do think United are. Mickey Mellon's after-match stuff, you know, some some really some fans love it. Others are getting a wee bit tired of some of the stuff, but um, I think he could he could come out of the game at McDermott and justify, well, not justify the performance, but it's a good result, so it gives them something to to kind of talk about, you know. So I think, but I, I imagine they'll be different. They need to they need to start winning more games at Tannadice. They've got a nice wee run coming up of fixtures, but as as we've seen in the past, winnable fixtures are not always winnable fixtures. But I think this one is, uh, and I would I would back United quite strongly for this. I think, I think, uh, I think they'll uh, they'll win it. Gem Saints have got a wee gap weekend with with Hibs and they were due to be playing Hibs and they're in in Scottish Cup semi final action. Mm. 
you've touched on a fair bit of how you how you saw the game and how you saw Saints. What did what do you make of Bryson? I I saw him. He came on for for a good chunk of the game at Hamilton. And I yeah. thought he, I was very very impressed. Were, were you? I mean, he's he's kept Ali McCann out the team, which was a big big call by by Callum Davidson. Did you? Uh, you like what you saw? Yeah, I, I, I'm a Bryson fan. Um, I, I, I like Bryson. People have and short you know, memories, don't they? They just yeah, remember but, a boy guy that had a couple of injuries at Aberdeen, but he was a quality, quality midfielder for a long time down south. Looking at that Saints squad, um, th- there's a fair bit of depth about that squad. And Bryson, I think, you know, Bryson in terms of his first team start has really added um, to, to things. You know, I mean, I, I, I just, I like to look at the squad full stop. You know, I mean, I was, I was, I'll tell you, I was really impressed with Scott Tanzer um, at the weekend. I like Tanzer too, but, you know, sometimes, you, you, you know, your eyes drift to kind of to the front men naturally in the game, depending on the kind of football you like. I was impressed with him, but I thought Bryson didn't put a foot wrong. Busy, busy. Um, and just, you know, sure-footed in everything he did. So I think, you know, a, a great signing. Uh, and, and a guy that, bring, you know, a guy that brings um, a, a fair bit of experience. A lot to prove as well, I think, uh, you know, when it didn't work for him. And I think um, it's been, you know, it's been a good, good signing for Saints. And I think that'll be proven during the course of the season. Yeah, and, and Ian Murray-Davison's roles changed a bit in the last, the last since, he, since he came back from the injury. And since he came into Callum Davison's team, he's... he's He's much more disciplined as the as the holder, which which is kind of which was never his thing for years and years. It was all about getting box to box and causing chaos where he went. You know those long limbs and fling it, flying into tackles that probably were forty sixty against him. But he's playing a crucial role in that St Johnston team now. Of like I say, showing the discipline and just knitting it all together, which can't be can't be downplayed, can it? No, it can't. Um, I mean, Eric, you'll know, you'll know better than me, but. Uh... Murray must be one of the the best Johnson signings of the last. Oh, him and well, I think I think well, considering he came with Dave McKay, I think it's the best bit of business. Oh, that's that, yeah, I mean that day. I think I'd go far enough to say it's the bit, best bit of business St. Johnson have ever done to, to get those two for for peanuts from Livingston. Uh, uh, Derek McInnes, you know, got the deal through, and you think about what the pair of them did. It's incredible, oh. isn't it? It really is incredible, and you'd love to you'd love to be have be able to see in the future. You know, when you're standing with the two of them that day when they're signing, um, it would be wonderful if you could tell. We're just glad to get out of Livingston. I think chaos that was there at the time. Trouble times then, but what a what a what an absolute brilliant player! I mean, he's he's also he's also for us been fabulous. I mean, I remember interviewing him when uh, he was talking about hallucinating in his hospital bed and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> there was a train coming towards him and all. And you're like, this is this is amazing copy that we're getting for this guy. But he is, he's a, he's, he's a favourite of ours, isn't he? He's, he's wonderful uh, to work with. It's because, and, uh, I think as well, he looks... He just doesn't. He just doesn't have the. If you were going to choose the physique of a central midfielder, Jim, you wouldn't choose Murray mm. Davis's. Would yeah. you? you? Just you just wouldn't. But it's he's because he's he's kind of a unique player. But he's just he was a he was an absolute. He's been a a favourite of managers at St Johnson from Derek McInnes on. You know, he just yeah. He, he's an, and and I think his football intelligence gets gets overlooked because I mean I watched. You know, I don't want to sing single out Ross Callahan, but you know, Ross Callahan was signed as as Murray Davidson's cover, if you like, you know, by Tommy Wright and he, he never quite broke. It didn't work type thing. But when you watch the two of them up against each other in Hamilton against Saints the other week, it was just, you know, it was 
he was there was a clear winner. Put it, let's put it that way. I, th- I, th- I think so. I mean, he, he's a he is an unusual style of player. He's got that long, rangy kind of sometimes almost inelegant run about him. But he, he, you know, times his runs to the box well. He's fit, you know physically and times he, his tackles better player. than people think. Times, you know, he, times he his tackles well. Yeah, he, he gets he gets wound up when folk think he's. Uh, you know, it was he, he hasn't got many red cards at all. You know, and you'd automatically think. I can't remember what the story was. was. Last season, when he got a red card, it was like, mm. well, automatically assumed like he'd had he'd had bucket loads of them, you know. But he, he hasn't. I, you know, I, I always, I'm, funnily enough, you know what? I can remember uh, being at Dens one day when when uh, it was fully expected he was going to sign for Dundee, and and that that didn't happen. He ended up at, at St Johnson. But I mean, the, the thing, you know, what I always think when I watch Murray, I always think there's another couple of gears for him to go up. I always think he's got a gear a, a gear or two <clears throat> in reserve, and. Um, because he's got, you know, you know, he's got so much about his game. He can tackle. He reads the game well. He passes well. He's strong. He's actually quick. He's deceptively quick. He's got that kind of long range, kind of long rangey kind of stride uh, about him. And now, you know, operating in that midfield on Saturday with, you know, Bryson at the side of him, and then you know you've got McNamara and Tans are bombing on, or are theoretically bombing on. I thought the biggest thing that you know we've talked about the stats and all the rest of it, but. The quality of the passing by St Johnston on Saturday, I thought, marked them out from United. They just looked absolutely at ease. Take, give, take, give, and and you know, and, and I think uh, well, I, I don't, I've not got the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they were. It was something like seventy four percent of you know uh, finding their men with with the 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 passes, and I thought that that was the thing that really stuck out for me. There were times when you looked at United and you thought. They can't pass this ball. You know, they're, they're, they're hitting two passes and they're losing it on the third. Saints were knocking it about really crisply, really tightly. One of, one of my biggest bugbears in Scottish football generally, Eric, is the slack hit pass that makes a man check his stride or, or kind of stop to take the ball and then move on. Saints hit just into that wee, that wee area that allows a man to continue his stride, take the ball in the stride. And I think that was important, but they pass well. And Davidson does, that's one of the things Davidson does as well, along with the, the other Ranger things. I think you'll, I think you're probably now going to start to see Saints firing. I'd said McComb last week, once they start to, <clears throat> you know, find a net with regularity, and they've got the ability to do that, um, it's one of the things I would like to see Murray probably do, chipping in with some more goals, because I think he's a he's a player that can do that. Well, yeah, certainly, certainly from headers, yeah, he wins. His, as we saw at the end, he should he should he should have scored. You know, he should have scored that header, shouldn't he? Really, he's he's just hit, it's it's right in right in the zone for Seagrest. I think is probably the best way of phrasing it. No, no, I, I yard either side of him, and I think it, <clears throat> at the pace he's travelling, yeah. at the pace the ball's travelling, it's in the net. You know, maybe a foot. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Well, th- thankfully, Dundee got the win, and I think Ian, I just like the look of Dundee's. I mean, Dundee's starting lineup a lot more. I think I think a lot's. I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. I like the midfield three. I think that's their best midfield three. I think Dundee's best team is, and it was it was my, we spoke about it, it was my big worry about Charlie Adam getting signed was that Sean Byrne would, would be sidelined. And I think it's essential that Dundee get him into the team because I think he was coming on real, coming on a true form, you know, an established Premier League, sorry, Premiership player. And... If he'd been the one to to make way, I think that would have been a, a big backward step. And so they got him in the team. So Burn Burn Dorns, Adam and McDade. I just liked the balance of that a whole lot more than I did with the the team that was at at Tynecastle. Would, would you agree, Ian? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, uh, in the build up to the to the game, I had a very enjoyable trip up to Dens and interviewed 
Sean Byrne. He was, you know, he, he was saying, no, I didn't, I maybe didn't deserve to get to get a start against Hearts. I wasn't expecting it. Because he'd, he'd had a, he'd had a, an injury yeah. in pre-season, yeah. He, he did, he did. He had an injury in pre-season. Um, he said he'd never had an, an injury like it, you know, that it was just one of those that, that came out of the blue for him. But he made the point that he, he, he felt he finished the season, the curtailed season very well. Yeah. And my memory goes back, yeah, he did. He did, he did do that, yeah, so yeah. he's 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 uh, you know he'll add to the team. The balance was good, and I think I think we we'll have to give uh, James McPake a lot of credit here because I think sometimes you can sit and say maybe he should change that, maybe he should change that. I'm not sure if he'll change that. McPake did all the changes I think I wanted to see. Uh, oh, hundred really percent. You know, he he brought in the he gave up a lot. The front two, the front two looks like a front two, two, doesn't it? McDade, I think you mentioned McDade yourself, Eric, and uh, the goalie. The goalie got changed, so uh, uh, he did he did what and the the formation um, as well. So he did everything that I think people who criticised them um, after Tyne Castle were wanting them to do and and saying that he should do, and he did it. You know, and it's all his own. He's made yeah. his own decisions. He's made his own decisions. He's not been listening to me saying, you know, you should do this, you should do that. Shame on him. He's made his own decisions, yeah. <laughs> but they were just the right ones. They were the right ones. Um, listen, and it was uh, it was it was great to see that. I thought the goal was a, an absolute cracker. Uh, it really was a, a wonderful strike uh, from a obviously quality player, good finisher. So it was a you know, goodness me, it was a breath of fresh air, wasn't it? See Dundee Dundee win that game. I know, I know, Morton. Morton did come back at them in the second half, and we had this bizarre order off that we'll we'll maybe talk about. But um, it was uh, no, a thoroughly deserved, thoroughly deserved for Dundee. Sixty-two percent possession they had, and the, they were the better side by a fair a fair bit. So it, it was a good day, good day for Dundee. Well done, uh, Jim. Jim, I like. There's a few things I like about James McPake, and he certainly has his critics. But as Ian said, they, when when he gets it wrong, he's He's not afraid to make changes quickly, which I think is a big, big, big plus point for a manager. And a lot of them don't have it, do they? They kind of hum and ha. They think, oh, we'll give them mm-hmm. another chance. We'll do this with that. He's 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 acted. He realizes it's a short season. Listen, it's a short it's a short career potentially. You know, it's, he's 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 working for himself as well as as well as the club. And if you know if if you make bold changes, then you get backed up with a bold and common sense changes you know I don't think you know he's 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 not he's not backed away from them and yeah I think you do have to give you do have to give him credit for that absolutely and, and this, the thing was um Eric I mean you know they, they were absolutely humbled at, at Tyne Castle I mean it was a terrible doing they got I mean we, we, I think all of us expect at hearts with the wealth that they've got the squad they've got you know the, the general spending power they, they have you know are probably going to win that league so Dundee's best bet is to at least run them close but you know be in the playoffs and hopefully uh, and both showed that they're not they're not going to be Winning five or six every week, you know. Absolutely, and 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 there, you know, and there again is another pointer. You know, Dick Campbell with, <clears throat> with a part-time side who are part-time in name only because these are all guys that you know that, that keep themselves fit. You know, they'll, they'll train twice a week, but they'll be you know running and and doing weights at home and all the rest. These are hard-working guys, and they're both they're brilliantly against Hearts. You know that, but James had to make the the changes and. 
And he rung them, and he did well with it. You know, I mean, I, I, I think they, they, they've got, and Jonathan uh, Afalabi, I think they've, um, you know, striker on loan from Celtic who scored the goal. I think they, they, they probably want to watch with that. He looks, yeah. he looks a, real, a real talent. Um, I like McDade as well, because McDade, one of, you know, one of the, the criticisms, I think, that we had the other week, we know that Charlie Adams is a magnificent passer, and Dorans, I don't think Dorans does enough at times, but he is a, he's a quality midfielder, certainly on paper. What they need to is a bit of pace. You know, I mean, pace is the great, the great level in football, pace can take you into places. I mean, physically uh, and mentally, that you know, the, the, the lack of it doesn't. You know, and, and I think if you've got guys that can beat a man that got that are quick, then those are important things. The goalkeeping position as well. I'm, all, I'm always hesitant to you know because it, it's a last line of defence. It's a you know it's an area where sometimes mistakes are exposed, which you know where you've got kind of very little chance. But there's there, there's no doubt that Hamilton has has looked shaky. He hasn't looked as as comfortable in possession. In fact he come in and and did well, you know. So I think he he's wrong the changes and he's got um he's got the you know the three points from it. and I think the three points were crucial. I mean I know that it's interesting how managers see the game, isn't it? I know that David Hopkins thought that Dundee didn't show a lot of quality. You know the goal was their only bit of quality. Ah, I think he'd said. Um, but the, the but the bottom line Ian McCall esque there, didn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, look, that's <laughs> that's what managers are for. You know, I I, yeah, I yeah. always while it's while it's always very nice to see a humble manager. Humility normally <laughs> kills managers. You know, the manager that comes out too often in prison as the opposition tends to find his, his coat in a sugly peg very quickly. So, you know, managers are, are there to see the game. You know, privately, they've got to understand where the, you know, what they have to learn from and where the, they made mistakes. But it can sometimes be, uh, they can go over the top and, and, and admitting these publicly. Um, and I think the thing, with, you know, with James McPake was that there's a lot he can take from the game. The most important thing he can take from the game is they won. They got the win, and 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 it really, I think he'd said after the game, it didn't matter how it came, and he's absolutely right. Aye, of course he's yeah, right. He's yeah, absolutely he's right. That, that that's right. I mean, you know, we've been talking about United earlier on, and uh, you know, and, and uh, although it wasn't particularly pretty to watch, they got a clean sheet. And, and they came away from McDermott with a point, which, you know, given the fact they just returned to the championship is good. And for Dundee, I think it's crucial. Dundee should be beating Morton. Now, you know, I, I, I don't mean any disrespect to the Mortons of this world when they say that. Dundee are the seventh biggest club in Scottish football. Um, they've got a big budget. There's a lot of money going in. Tim Keyes has continued to put money into the club. Um, the players are well, pay, uh, well paid at the club. They've got a very good squad on the face of it. Uh, and I think Saturday was really, really important just in putting their marker down and getting that point and, and it will lift the confidence for uh, for the weekend and the season ahead. And Ian, I mean, the big the big selection call was, was the goalkeeper, obviously, uh, Jack Hamilton. Now, I mean, it's not one that I'm sure, I'm sure he, he toed and froed in it probably, or maybe he didn't actually, James McPeg, but he's, and he'll know the consequence of it, you know, because Jack Hamilton's a goalie that's been, you know, he's had his, he's had his, his, his good games, but he's been taken out of the team. They've had, they've signed loan goalies to, to come in for him. I know once when he was, he was injured, obviously, but it's hard to see him, it's hard to see a road back from it, Dundee now, or am I, am I over-egging that? Mm, maybe slightly, but I, uh, uh... It's it's difficult to feel. I think it's it's difficult to feel sorry for players uh, that get dropped if they've had plenty of chances. And I think I think that's how I I see the situation with, with Hamilton. I think I think he's 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 been put back in the side numerous occasions after maybe he's come out and he's gone on. It just you have to trust the manager. The manager has made a big a big call um, to to put Ferry in there. But surprises me. Now, he surprises me. He didn't. He didn't bring one in in the window. Yeah, I must admit. Yeah, I thought that was a. Yeah. I thought that was a 
I don't, I'm sure, maybe he's tried, you know, and it's just not. And you can still get, you could, he can, he could still. I'm sure he could still pick one up, but you know, it's it's not one. It's a priority position, as we talked about with, with Seagrest. It certainly is. It's extremely, extremely important position, and it's. Uh, I, I would just, I would just praise McPake for for making a decision and 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 standing by it. Now, it's obviously Ferry's performances and forms over an, over the next few weeks. That's going I've to never seen. Right I've not seen that. enough of him at all. Have no, you, have you seen I, much of Ferry? No, but, he, but he's in the side. He's in the side until some of the harms. I think that has to be the case. Yeah. You see much. You see much of him, Jim. No, 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 a couple of times, uh, Eric. Not a lot. I mean, the thing is, when we, in goalkeeping terms, you know, there are there are some self-evident truths uh, in life, and quite often we say, you know, um, if a player's good enough, he's old enough, and all the rest. Of it. And we can talk, you know, empirically about, you know, the Dennis Laws of this world who were playing at sixteen. But actually, there are not that many players. You know, there's not that many Christian Dailies uh, that come along at sixteen, seventeen, or in the, the first team regular, and all the rest. Of it. Now, when when it gets to goalkeepers, that that, that situation is, is, is even further exacerbated you know at 22 he's actually still quite well he is he's, oh, yeah, he's a young yeah. keeper you know I mean because <clears throat> it is a very peculiar position you know it's it's a position which let's be blunt very few managers have played Tommy Wright's about the only one I can think of uh, in recent times as a manager <clears throat> goalkeeper turned manager um, so by the nature of it, you've got a manager who doesn't actually, hasn't played the position, can't fully comprehend it because it is a unique position. It requires it requires so many different talents. I mean, I think the modern goalkeeper has to be, I, I, th- I think the biggest change came many, many years ago with the pass back rule and all the rest of it. The modern yeah. goalkeeper has to be really comfortable with the ball at his feet. You know, um, either in terms of taking the touch and, and sending it, shellicking it for miles, or, or just hitting it first time. But he's got to be comfy with the ball at his feet. Positionally, he's got to be good. I'm not big on on, on the height thing. Andy Gorham is one of the best in the business. He barely touched five ten. Um, you know, positionally, re- reflex, handling, uh, everything. There's a whole combination of skills required for a good goalkeeper. Now, Ferry's young. I mean, uh, you know, uh, by all accounts. Um, you know, a couple of decent saves, a good close range one in particular. I think from, uh, I think it was it was it was Nesbitt. Um, but he's a young keeper, uh, and and along with that will be mistakes. That's a simple fact of life. Um, but James McPake will have done a couple of things. I'll be watching the performance last week from Hamilton in this in the six two, uh, you know, defeat. He'll have watched the other games they played at the start of the season. And he'll be watching the two of them in training. He'll be watching the attitude, you know, how the head's gone up or the heads have gone down. Uh, he'll be wondering what he's got. I mean, he, he's in an unusual uh, situation because Dundee traditionally have had great goalkeepers. You know, d- d- it's one thing that marks a club out. Traditionally, they've had very, very There's a book written about it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, exactly. In fact, I did the forward, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, there we you know, go. Um, no, they have had, they've had smashing goalkeepers over the years. Got a plug in, Jim. What's it called? He's on a cut. It was, it, what one was it? What? Was it Jim Crumley's one, was it? Or am I, am I getting mixed up here? No, I can't remember. No, you're getting mixed uh, up. I'm right. getting mixed up. Uh, uh, no, yeah. but I mean, you know, I think at 22, he's a young keeper. But the key thing is, the goal, that jersey is now his to lose. That's the key thing. I mean, goalkeeper is one of these positions you don't tend to change week in, week out. Just as, you know, we, we saw the situation at St. Johnston where Elliot Parrish dropped out, Xander's come back. We know Xander had been injured and all the rest of it gets back. That's now big Xander's to lose and it's a similar situation, you know, at, at, at Dundee. Uh, Ferry's a young keeper. It's his to lose and um, if he's impressed his manager enough, then... Uh, you know, it may well be that that's the wee shining light at the end of the tunnel because there was always a worry about Hamilton and goal. But that said, I, you know, I don't, certainly don't want to crucify uh, young Hamilton. He's um, 
there are, there are elements of the game that, that, that mark him out as potentially a good goalkeeper. You've got to work on it. You work, you work, you work, you work with your goalkeeping coaches. You work on your weaknesses and, and you, you know, you work on your strengths as well. You know, and it, it may well be that in the fullness of time you discover you've got two decent keepers on, on your on your hands. But at the moment, uh, it was a brave decision uh, by James, but perhaps not as brave as it seems, because I think Hamilton, having lost six goals, I suspect his head was all over the place. Uh, that's uh, another home game, Ian, for, for Dundee, but far, a, a very tough one. You know, Wraith Rovers have made a cracking start to the season, haven't they? They have, yeah. I mean, we've, we've just uh, spoken up about how good a day it was for Dundee, but the, the yeah. results for the five teams... Uh, are a reminder, I think, that, uh, that it's not just about hearts. I know, we, uh, could, I think, I think we could be getting another. Remember the, remember the, the year where Wraith and Dunfermline were going for mm-hmm. a promotion? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I've been reliably informed by uh, a resident Queen of the South uh, fan at work that uh, Queens aren't up to much, but still, what a, what a fabulous uh, result for, for Wraith. Dunfermline, Dunfermline are going great as well. They really are. And they're they're ones they're they're a five team wins out of f- five wins out of five yeah but yeah well four out four out of four one was one was a walkover yeah but still I, I like I like Stevie Crawford as well I think he's a he's a very very capable uh, manager so the uh, yeah the, the the two five there's a threat from five uh, for Dundee but they'll the, the, know that but it's not just about heart I mean maybe some if there is a Dundee fan out there thinking oh it's just about hearts then it, it won't be because this is the championship. And uh, there's always a surprise there, isn't there? Maybe Wraith can be that this time. Um, so it's a big test for, for uh, the whole team, but also uh, particularly, I suppose, for, for Ferry, because Wraith definitely have goals in them. Yeah, I mean, l- listen, I think this, the standout... Well, it's, you know, it's, it's a hard one to pick the standout re- result, and it, I've maybe been harsh on Wraith here, but Dunfermline's second half at Aloha. Now, having seen Dundee United a few times at Aloha and and, you know... Other teams, Peter, it's it's not a it's, it's the cliche, but it's a very very hard place to get a result. And for Dunfermline to score, you know, one one at half time to come out four one winners, that to me is putting down a real marker, Jim. I I, I think so. You know, I, I mean, it was it was an O'Hara hat trick, wasn't it? I think one one, yeah. one from the spot. You know, I mean, Dunfermline. I covered a few of their games um, last season, uh, Eric, and sometimes I thought that. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of sometimes... They were feast or famine, yeah, weren't they? they? they were. And I sometimes thought Stevie just seemed like kind of a man that there was pressure building on. But I, I sensed he would do a good job. He was always... They were always good to watch. They were always wanting to get the ball into wide positions and they play with a bit of pace and, uh, you know, a, a bit of verve and a bit of zip about them. And and to be honest with you, I know when I, when I look at the side that they're assembling, you know, they're, they're a really decent looking side. You know I mean? They, they, they've got... I think they've got a bit of strength and depth as well. And they've got, crucially, I think they've got a bit of pace about them uh, and, and goals in them. And, and, and that's important. I mean, there are not, you're absolutely right. There are not many people go to the, well, I want to call it a recreation part, but the end of drill, you know, not many people go to the end of drill and, and, and win 4-1, you know. So the, it, it's fairly obvious that, the, you know, that the, the Stevie's got the motoring pretty well. I know it's early, it's early days. That's the first thing to be said, but you know, when you've got Wraith and Dunfermline sitting at the top of the table, albeit it's goal difference at the moment, um, <clears throat> it looks as though it could be a very interesting season. Well, my money is still on Hearts. Arbroath proved that Hearts can be, you know, well, Hearts could have been beaten. You know, Arbroath had a couple of decent chances. Ah, they were very stodgy, uh, uh, I thought, Hearts. Very st- yeah, absolutely. And and it may well be that more creative sides than Dundee showed last week um, 
could expose them. I, I can expose them. That, that's entirely possible, you know, particularly when it comes to playing at the likes of Starks uh, uh, or, or East End Park. And of course, it's it, it's a it's a two third season, isn't it? You know, there's a well, it's a, what is it? It's a three quarter season, should I say? You know, Quarters whatever season, it is. Yeah. You know, it's a <clears throat> it's a shorter season, so that that, that could uh, change things. But I think you know, I, I think that when I look at um, when I look at Dunfermline, I think there's a character about them. I think there's pace about them. I think there's dig about them. And I think they've learned, and I think uh, Stevie uh, Crawford has learned. He's a smashing player. Um, and he's got a fair bit of experience too as a coach. People forget that. You know, it might well be that this this is the season when it really starts to click for Dunfermline. They can get them going once the crowds come back. They're a well-supported club and all the rest of it. So it may well be that, you know, that my suggestion that Hearts... Um, are absolutely kind of buying favourites to this. It may well be they're not not quite as as uh, you know as likely to run away with it as as I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. League League Two down drop down to League Two, and mm-hmm. we've uh, we've got a change of manager or, or mm. change of manager already. It's not the biggest. I mean, listen, the timing's a wee bit of a shock. I mean, I would have, we're talking about Mark Wilson and Brechin. I always kind of think you've just let the man reshape his squad. I think maybe they should have. If, you know, should they have just said, you know, the time to, to part company was was in that very, very long gap that they had when there was no football? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been uh, I've been dealing with the story really for well, dealing with the whole situation at Brecon for the last few weeks, and um, the point was made to me that they were a young squad and just kind of we need some time to get a hopefully the fans. Isn't really what you need in League Two, I don't no. think. But, anyway, that's but what? No, I know. What, what then happened is they, they lost heavily again. I think my uh, dodgy arithmetic tells me 24 goals in five games. So it's hard to, to survive that, isn't it? It really is. Um, there'll be two camps. Why are you, why are you getting rid of a manager, as, as you say, so early in the season? But the, there'll be another camp saying, goodness me, they needed to do something because it was just it was just a horrific start. I think you're right, so, but I, uh, I would have done it. I would have done it before. I would have done it before he, he got to build his squad. Yeah. but there you go. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Why hand? Why hand uh, someone the, the the plan for the new season, and then they have to wrap it up again, just just a couple of weeks in. Um, but I think I think with with uh, with Brecon being Club Forty Two, as the people call them, you know the 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 the, 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 the horrors of last season, the the worry about them. The worry about them actually going out of the league, uh, as uh, if it if it had continued on, they would have been vulnerable. I would suggest to the playoffs. Still are, yeah, yeah. So I think that's all in the mind of the board there, and they've just thought, well, we just have to do something. Um, it's it's difficult because they probably will get some stick for 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 going so early, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it was so poor a start, wasn't it? Just every week you're going, what are they going to do? It's just it's not even ones and you know two one defeats. It's it's, it's the, the other teams are streaking away. So uh, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, Mark Wilson's obviously a you know a talented uh, forward, a great player, um, and uh, I wish him well. But uh, it just didn't seem to be working there. No. So which which direction would you in which direction would you go, Jim? I mean, is this if ever if ever a job screams. Not safe pair of hands is maybe well you know if ever a, a job screams experiences that's this one does 
It's exactly what it screams. It screams, I mean, you know, bizarrely, but who knows by the time, you know, the, the podcast is edited and, and up and all the rest of it, we might find out who it is. I mean, one of the names I'd heard today was Craig Levine. Now, I mean, oh, that, yeah. that would There's seem... There's a headline. We'll like that one. We'll yeah, stick that, that at the top I mean, of the program. That, that would seem highly <laughs> unlikely, but who, you, you never know. You know, there might be a link there. I mean, uh, I think Jack Suter, who used to, um, you know, play at the club, uh, Jack, uh, Jack well, no, Craig, you know, I mean, not that he's on the board or anything up there at Brechin, but I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, I've sensed for this last wee while, Breakin are actually now fighting for, you know, I, I wouldn't say they're fighting for their existence, but what they are fighting for is they're fighting for, they're fighting to stay in the leagues that they've been traditionally a member of. I mean, Fighting to stay you know, relevant, aren't they? To stay relevant. Just, you know, just as we said earlier on, I think sometimes people haven't quite got to grips with the, how Bosman has actually changed football and trying to build teams. Um, the, the new pyramid system has changed their game dramatically. You know, I mean, we're now, you know, we're, we're now looking at a, a table there with Elgin, Annan, you know, um, Edinburgh City, uh, t- t- teams that, you know, teams that a number of years ago were, were playing in the east of Scotland or, or the Highland League or something like that. And we've got Brechin and Albion Rovers uh, down there at the bottom, Stranraer as well. Uh, now we've seen, you know, great old clubs, yeah, great old fashioned clubs like East Stirlingshire and all the rest that drop out of the league system. Had the had the playoffs gone ahead this year, and, 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 and it's, it's a great pity they didn't, um, you know, I think that, that it was, who was it going to be? Was it going to be Brora? Or, um, or, Kelty. or Kelty. You know, both of those two, uh, depending who'd won, would have, would have fancied their chances, you know, uh, of coming up. So Breaking are now fighting for relevance. Uh, they need, I think, a safe pair of hands. With some of the doings they've had, you kind of tend to think to yourself, well, this is less a problem of organisation um, than, than, you know, bluntly, the fact they just don't have the personnel, they just don't have the players. Now, if they don't have the players then even an experienced manager come in and he may well tighten them up, maybe well organise them better. The problem is by the time he uh, gets into his stride, um, it may well be that it's too late, that the, the damage is all already done. And I think that's the problem that Brechin at the moment, as you say, are very much fighting for the relevance. So this, for, to, to remain relevant, this becomes a really crucial um, appointment for them, a very crucial appointment. Ian, uh, Jim's, Jim's recommending Craig, Craig Levine. I mean, if you. Not uh, recommending him. You got, have you, got, uh, you got any names you'll be texting Ken Ferguson? Bertie Vokes, what's he doing just now? Well, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, you know, stranger things have happened in seeing uh, Big Craig up there, but I, 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 every time I turn on the radio at the moment it seems to be Craig's on it so uh, he does like his radio work and his pundit his punditry um, he didn't quite like the media as much when he was a United manager oh, certainly dealing with me <laughs> <laughs> no he's a he's a he's a, a an interesting character Craig and uh, a very capable a capable football man so hey that would be it would put the profile up wouldn't it but listen anybody it's, else it's, anybody else you can <laughs> you can think that springs to mind well uh, have we mentioned Jim Weir yet has he been, oh, I was going to say he was going to be my. I think they should be begging, mm-hmm. begging Jim oh, Weir to come. Sorry, back. I stole that one from you, Eric. But uh, yeah, I, I would say that's a, that would be a good one. There's there's a lot of quality candidates out there if you think about it. So um, certainly, certainly Jim Weir would be a would make sense, wouldn't that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think Jim <clears throat> Jim will be keen to get back in the game. I think that that um, it's a difficult one, this isn't it? Because you know, I'm 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 saying Lavinia. I'm not. Suggestion. I mean, it was a name that was thrown at me this morning by uh, somebody who is involved in the game. I have to say, it kind of took me by by surprise, <laughs> and I think I'd, I'd pretty much be surprised to see that happening. But um, for the likes of Jim, we are coming, and Jim's more than adequately uh, capable of doing th- that job. Um, I think the key is it's a combination of how desperate are you to get back into the game, and how quickly might your reputation be damaged. 
um, if, depending on how decent a squad there is, how much money is available to, well, not that you're going to be signing new players at the moment. What you, you know, when you come into a job now at this stage in the game, what you have is what you have. Um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you can't strengthen until the, the window unless you can bring in a few free agents. Yeah, it's not it's not that long ago. It's not that long ago. Breakin was probably in some ways the most attractive of the Angus clubs absolutely. to go into, but, but times have changed. Ab- absolutely. I very mean, quickly. Yeah, very, very quickly indeed. I mean, they, they were indeed, you know, I mean, you go back to, you know, when they had Michael O'Neill, a Northern Ireland manager as, uh, as their boss and all the rest. I mean, things have kind of, things have changed markedly. They find themselves bottom of the table, you know, with, I think it's it one goal scored and eight against and, and, and managerless. So, so I mean, always, there's always somebody wanting to take a job in football. We know that. Um, and Jim, Jim, to me, would be as good a candidate as any, depending on what they can offer. I'm not talking about money, personal yeah, terms. Yeah. I'm talking about what what is on offer, just what state the club is in at the moment. Good stuff, guys. Well, let's hope that they don't appoint anybody by the time this podcast is out. But anyway, good luck to, good luck to them if they do. Cheers, guys, and we'll catch up next week. And thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.